Hello, and welcome to The Kicker, the news podcast from Louisville Business First, your number one source of breaking business news and market intelligence. I'm editor Lisa Benson. We recently hosted another great Access Louisville event, and we wanted to share the discussion with our listeners. We do these once a quarter in conjunction with our sponsors, the University of Louisville College of Business and Republic Bank. The events all follow a similar format. We ask five influential people in the community to come speak on a particular topic. And this week, we asked five Louisville executives and entrepreneurs to give us a forecast for 2017 and make some predictions about what they expect in business and from the economy. Joining us were David Hardy, Managing Director of CBRE Group of Louisville, Yurik Dufresne, Indiana University Southeast Executive Vice Chancellor for Academic Affairs, Dina Epperly Karam, Vice President for Economic Development at Greater Louisville, Inc., Mary Levinsky, owner of the Louisville retailer Block Party Handmade Boutique, and John Sweeney, Vice President of Investment Banking at Hilliard Lyons. We recorded their presentations and the Q&A session that followed, and we'd like to share it with you here today. Uh, so today we're looking at the forecast for 2017 and how different industries predict that Louisville will look in the coming year. Uh, 2017 should shake out to be a pretty interesting year, not only locally, but nationally and globally as well. So I'd like to introduce our panelists for today's discussion, and then each presenter will have five minutes for their remarks. First up is Yurik Dufresne. He's Executive Vice Chancellor for Academic Affairs at Indiana University Southeast and the Sanders Chair in Business, in addition to responsibility for quality, development, coordination, and promotion of academic and non-credit programs and courses. He's a well-known expert on both the local and national economy. David Hardy is Managing Director of CBRE's Louisville office. He has about 25 years experience in the Louisville office market. His practice covers the representation of owners of office buildings in finding tenants or buyers, and the representation of tenants and buyers in acquiring the appropriate facilities. David also represents buyers and sellers of investment property. Next to him is Dina epperly Karam. She is Vice President for Economic Development at Greater Louisville, Inc. She's responsible for working with 15 area partners to create jobs and attract new business opportunities for the region. She joined GLI in 2015 from the Oldham County Chamber of Commerce, where she was Executive Director for nearly 10 years. Next to her is Mary Levinsky, owner of Block Party Handmade Boutique in Louisville, which has locations on 4th Street and Frankfurt Avenue. Her shops sell artwork, gifts, jewelry, and other locally made items, and she's been able to maintain a coveted five-star rating on Yelp. And next to her is John Sweeney, Managing Director of Investment Banking at Hilliard Lyons. He has 20 plus years in mergers and acquisitions and corporate finance. Uh, he specializes in middle market size, closely held private companies. So let's kick things off with you, Yerk. You wanna to come to the podium, give your predictions. Thank you very much. Thank you for the invite. Uh, great to be here. I also wanna thank our sponsors, Bank of Republic and the College of Business at U of L. I was the Dean of the Business School at IU Southeast for about eight years. And, and I, I can tell you that the U of L College of Business is, is one of the finest in the country. So it's a, it's a great business school and it's certainly great for the city of Louisville. So, um, well, this morning I was able to drive over the bridge. Uh, I don't have my transponder yet, so this is about the fourth time I've crossed. Uh, and so I'm, I haven't got my bill in the mail yet, but um, I was actually, um, had a presentation in Shelbyville last, last week. And, uh, it took me 30 minutes to get from New Albany to Shelbyville, Shelbyville, Kentucky. So uh, uh, 
I mean, which is amazing. So that's really going to change in terms of the commuting patterns for the Louisville metro area. So, okay, so what's happening now, Louisville metro? So we, we have our Outlook program on campus every, every November, and this Outlook was, uh, was written before November the 8th. Okay, so this is not a post-November the 8th Outlook, but uh, some of the trends occurring since November the 8th, I think, will simply validate the Outlook that we had back uh, on campus back in November. So this year for 2000, uh, 2016, this year, uh, we, we were expecting uh, slower growth for Louisville Metro. Uh, and that was based on some national indicators that were flashing at the time in late 2015. And as of August, as of August uh, 2016, we actually were seeing a little bit slower growth on the payroll side. We added about 5,000 payrolls as of August compared to about 10,000 typically the previous three years. And then it looks like for the year, for 2016, We'll finish at about, about 10,000 payrolls, uh, which is slightly under the past three years. So last year, for example, we added 20,000 payrolls, right? So um, now, 10,000 is still good. I'm not suggesting that that's negative. It's overall, it's about 1.7, 1.8% growth, uh, which is uh, consistent with some of the uh, metro area growth that we've seen nationwide. Um, what's going to happen for next year, 2017? Um, you know, I've been doing this since, uh, since 2006, I guess, and 2017 is one of those optimistic years based on some of the national indicators that are flashing now, such as if you look at personal spending, personal spending nationally is, is uh, over the year is increasing. Uh, that helps a city like Louisville because of logistics, transportation, manufacturing. C consumer confidence is on an upswing. It's, it's the highest uh, since 2000, 2001. Consumer confidence, of course, supports retail. Uh, retail supports growth in manufacturing. Small business optimism, uh, which is going to support payroll growth as well as retail. Small business optimism was um, actually this past uh, month when it came out was the highest increase since 1980, and it's the highest in 30 years. So that's very positive. If you think about what's happening in the equity markets, uh, real estate values, that's going to support net worth, the wealth effect. Uh, labor markets are very tight right now. Unemployment claims are less than 300,000, about 265,000 nationally. Um, the number to watch there is about 350. If we, if we begin to see an upturn in, in um, unemployment claims closer to 350, then that would be a negative sign about uh, an overall slowing economy. But we're not even close to 350. In fact, unemployment claims now are, I think, the lowest since the, since the, since the 70s. Manufacturing. Uh, Louisville is, is a certainly more diversified economy today than 20, 30 years ago. Uh, we're seeing a, um, a very high growth in services actually for Louisville, which is good. But we also, we can also tell what's going to happen locally based on certain manufacturing indicators. And last year, some of these manufacturing indicators were flashing uh, a slowing basically, and that, and that was one of the reasons why we thought we'd see slower growth in Louisville Metro. So if you look at indicators like the in, uh, Institute for Supply Management Index, that's now above 50. Earlier in the year, it was under 50. And um, uh, that's now up to about 55, which, is, which means expansion in manufacturing. If you look at some regional Fed indicators, such as Philadelphia and out of New York, uh, that's beginning to turn up. And even though we're very far from Philadelphia and New York, I like to watch those two uh, manufacturing in indicators because that does tell us something about Louisville Metro. That's positive. Uh, durable goods, uh, that's still somewhat soft. 
but uh, I'm thinking now with some of this optimism that we'll begin to see a turn up in durable goods. That is an indicator that I, I do like to monitor for Louisville Metro because that does tell us something about local growth. Uh, industrial production is, uh, has seen its first year-over-year -year increase in over a year. That's another positive sign for manufacturing. When you add all that together, uh, when you look at some of the consumer indicators right now, uh, the manufacturing indicators, 2017 will be a very positive year. I'm expecting it to be a year closer to 20,000 in payrolls versus 10,000, 20,000 like we, like we saw in, in the year 2015. When you add the bridges, when you add River Ridge, right, um, these, uh, these assets are not, are not reflected in typical trends we see between Louisville and the national economy. When you add those, then um, I can only be positive for the Louisville metro area. And then there are some other intangibles that I just want to say a few words and I'll conclude, and that is the economic development leadership right now for Louisville metro. On this side of the river with the mayor at GLI, the other side of the river, one side, the mayors we have in, uh, in southern Indiana, there's a lot of good stuff happening right now from economic development. And um, certainly from the short term, the outlook is very positive for 2017. But long term, uh, we can only conclude that, that uh, the trend is also going to be very positive for the metro area. So that concludes. Thank you. Thank you, Yurik. Now let's have David Hardy to the stage, to the podium. Good morning. I'm with uh, CBRE. We are a large Fortune 500 uh, commercial real estate firm that provides services for just about everything you can think of as it relates to commercial real estate. We've been operating in the Louisville market for probably 20 years as CBRE with a lot of experienced folks in our firm. And we cover the office, retail, and industrial markets and touch investment properties within each of those and also represent the users of the, those areas of real estate. So I'm going to try and cover several sectors here to give you a feel for what's happening and what we think is going to continue to happen. Downtown has been uh, an interesting uh, story here in the last few years. As the mayor will tell you, as he mentioned last night on the GLI video, if you over there, the, there's many, many, many millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars of projects underway with the convention center renovation, the Omni Hotel, et cetera. But as it relates to the office market, what we're seeing is a conversion of older, underutilized Class B buildings to hotels and residential use. And that's a very positive thing for the market. Number one, a lot of investment is required to convert those buildings into these alternative uses. But it also is taking inventory out of the market that the, the market has sort of decided it doesn't need. And some of the examples of that are the uh, Starks building, which is a little bit in in limbo right now, but that's a significant chunk of uh, office space that was pulled out of the market, over 300,000 feet. Uh, the Republic Building, which is there by the cathedral, is slated to become a hotel. Uh, we sold the building at 601 West Main, which is a really nice little building right at the beginning of the cast iron blocks. And it sits uh, on the corner, so it's perfect for a little boutique hotel. And we're excited to see how that turns out. And that was a, a very high price point. Most of these buildings really have to get pretty depressed and deteriorated and, and vacant before you can afford to buy them and invest and still generate a return on your investment. So that's an interesting one we're going to watch. Uh, the Landmark Building just sold, which is formerly the Morrissey Building for any old timers out there. 
sits right across from the Omni site at 3rd and Liberty, a fabulous old building that used to house the U.S. Customs is what it was built for in the 1800s and then housed the Courier Journal and the Chamber of Commerce years ago was housed in that building. So it's a really cool building that it'll be great to see another, another life for that building. And then other projects, Fincastle down at 3rd and Broadway. So that's a trend that we're seeing that's a healthy, healthy trend. Uh, I've been doing this for a long, long time, and it's, there's not been many points in time where you've seen the, the uh, alignment of investors with available capital and demand all in place to justify doing these kind of projects. And it says a lot for where our city is, and it's, we're all very bullish on that. And I didn't start a time release, so pull me when I get the hook out. Uh, the other aspect in the office market is uh, Class A office space is very hot, and new buildings are being built and being leased for the most part while they're under construction. The U of L NTS partnership at Shelbyhurst has been very successful. They've built their third building and have plans to do a couple more here as soon as this third one gets filled and it's already 75% leased and has only been completed for probably uh, six months. So a lot of that lease up happened during the construction period. Uh, other activity at the old Henry Interchange, that's where we're seeing some new buildings going up. In fact, there's one that's just framed right now and we just represented a client that leased 90% of the building, about 30,000 of the 35 that's being built. So there's a project, the guy just started moving dirt and building a building and it's leased before it even looks like an office building. So that tells you how strong the market is. The industrial market has been really the uh, most active market in Louisville for the last decade. The uh, distribution market here because of UPS's presence primarily in our good geographic location in the country has been very, very strong. A lot of uh, institutional players are here. So it's not a mom and pop local investor-driven market, which our office market kind of has been. Uh, the, the industrial market is not. And so as a result, for example, there's 4.6 million square feet under construction as we speak, and a lot of that on a speculative basis, about 3.8 million of that is spec. No tenants signed up. So that tells you how bullish the investors are about the industrial market. Uh, we also have uh, significant activity on both sides of the river there. Unlike the office market, which is very concentrated on the Louisville side, the industrial market is really moving outside of Jefferson County for the most part into River Ridge, which is obviously going to do very, very well as a result of the new bridge, and then down in Bullitt County is where we're seeing a lot of the other industrial activity. So we see that continuing to do very well, although 2015 we had a very high year of absorption, 3 million feet, and 16 it dropped back to 2 million feet. So there was a slowdown in 16 that caught some people off guard, especially those that are building the 3.8 million feet of spec construction. So we'll see how things work out in 17. But our guys are very bullish on activity for, uh, for that sector. The uh, retail arena is a little soft, very, very little. There's really nothing under construction right now. You know, we went for a long period with hardly any new construction of any size, and then we had the one developer from Nashville that had Academy Sports 
as his anchor, and he built two projects. They both have done very, very well and leased up quickly, but no one's standing in line to do the next one. And the residential construction has slowed. You know, I think the home builders probably took the biggest hit of most any industry, really, locally during the recession. So that uh, taking down of the next farm and building the next uh, project, which feeds the retail, just hasn't been going on. And the dynamics of the online shopping, which is impacting the bricks and mortar retailers, is limiting demand. There's a lot of downsizing and refilling that's going on in some of the existing centers. So we kind of see that trend continuing. It's very low vacancy, only 6.5% vacancy. But a few new retailers to the market, uh, the Total Wine and More is a national player that's landed out in the paddock shops. Uh, Petco, Bubba's 33, Water and Oak Outdoor Company, which I'm not familiar with. Um, so lots of turnover happening there, and I'm sure you've all been reading about the, the restaurant fallout, which I know was predicted, but it's been pretty, pretty uh, stark here in the last three or four weeks of how many restaurants have closed the doors here in Louisville, which is not good given that's sort of one of our claims to fame is that we're becoming a foodie town and bourbonism and having restaurants that can't make it is not really supporting that that image that we have. And the other two sectors that I'll go through quickly, we've had an absolute explosion in the hotel and multifamily arena. The, uh, there's 1,367 hotel rooms under construction as we speak and 410 recently completed and delivered. The Omni represents over 600 rooms of that 1,367 total, but there's substantial hotel construction, and it's not just Louisville. We're, we're seeing a lot of it. If you really, if you want to feel good about what's happening in Louisville, think about all these great things. If you want to feel bad about what's happening in Louisville, go to the Nashville Business Journal and look at the Crane Report for Nashville, and then you'll feel like we're we have training wheels on here compared to what's happening down there. But Louisville's doing very well in my, compared to my uh, uh, history here in the market. We're all very excited about where we're headed. Multifamily have just recently completed 1,400 units, and there's 3,300 units under construction. So a big, big uh, bets being placed out there in the hotel and uh, multifamily arena because those are all speculative. There's no pre-commitments that make those work. You just hope you picked a good site and the demand is there. So that says a lot about our market. Everybody's uh, out, out, outside capital is coming here to invest. So we should all feel good about that. Thank you. Thank you, David. And just a small plug for the Louisville Business First Project Watch on our website. You can go and see all of these uh, we don't have cranes, we have a lot of projects. You can find this all on our website. Let's hear from Dina next. Good morning. Um, thank you for having us. Uh, who was at the GLI annual meeting last night? We get gold stars and extra cups of coffee this morning. <laughs> Bobby, I'm gonna have your morning voice just like you did, but thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm the Vice President for Economic Development and Talent Attraction at GLI. Uh, this is my second time at GLI. I was at GLI 10 years, for 10 years, about 10 years ago. So uh, it's my honor to come back and support Kent and 
be a part of our regional effort. So I thought I would start just very quickly setting some context if you haven't been paying attention uh, to where GLI has been. But over, uh, we were very dominant in the business attraction expansion industry for years. That's what we did. That's what we were known for, being a strong chamber of commerce. Um, we had a, a couple of rough years in the middle there, and over the last two years under Kent Euler's leadership and the leadership of our board of directors, we have really come back and we've come back strong. Uh, we have some good folks in our company. Some have been returned, like myself, and uh, we're getting, we're riding the ship. And if you heard, if you were at the dinner last night, you heard about some of that. And we're really proud to be representing the greater Louisville region now. That region represents 10 counties, <coughs> excuse me, 10 counties in Kentucky and five counties in Indiana. Never before has our bond with Indiana been stronger. Uh, I think the bridges have, been, have played a significant role in that, but I will say the personalities and the leadership that are at play today uh, understand the importance of our region working together. They understand that today better than we ever have before, and that's even when I was here before, and we would do regional outreach, at GLI, and um, not that it wasn't meaningful, but it wasn't as deep as it is today. We know county judges, we know council people, we know business leaders, and that's at all levels of all of these counties. So when you look at Louisville and the counties that are surrounding us on both sides of the river, that is our Louisville. That is our greater Louisville region that we are representing. We tout that region when we do. Uh, we can talk about mega sites and more real estate, both in buildings and in land. We can talk about a stronger, broader workforce than we've ever been able to talk about before, uh, stronger talent. Never before has talent been so important to economic development as it is today. In all the years that I've been doing this, it used to be you would see trends. It would be incentives, it would be roads, it would be you know site ready or uh, uh, buildings that were ready to move in. Uh, workforce was always in the top three or four, but never before has talent and workforce been the number one thing that companies want to come in and talk about. So we get to brag about all of the talent that we have in our region. So last year was a really good year. GLI has come back strong as a brand and as a chamber of commerce, but we were able to support our counties in nine different locations and companies that moved to our area. We call that a location representing over a thousand jobs and almost a hundred million dollars in investment. Uh, so that's a good thing and um, it is putting us on the map. Of course some of the legislative decisions that uh, have been made here in the recent weeks with Right to Work I think will make a big difference. We think that it's going to uh, help raise the bar for Kentucky uh, as well as Greater Louisville. Uh, we always thought Right to Work was an issue in, in the economic development arena uh, we didn't know what we didn't know. We were losing projects before we even knew we had them. And we hear that from consultants that are not in this market uh, because they're working with these national brands and then the brand will say if that state is not right to work or that community is not right to work, don't even put them on the list. So we don't have that barrier anymore and that's an important success that we've had this last year. So going forward, we're working, I, I work a lot with David and his folks. I could actually talk, I'm sort of a nerd, I could talk about all that real estate all day long. I love to see uh, where the trends are, but we are seeing a lot of industrial manufacturing projects going on the outside of our county, a lot of service coming downtown in the financial sector and the technology sector. Uh, we're 
we're strong in entrepreneurship. Uh, we have four areas in our community that have good startup cultures uh, with Noodaloo and what Gil's doing in Portland and, and in the Shelby Park area. There are some areas that are really doing great stuff building a culture for startup. So we're going to be embracing that this year and branding that as one, as one group uh, of, um, uh, as an energy that startups can come into. And then when you have businesses like that, you get a lot of coffee shops and cafes and things that branch out from there. Our biggest strategy, uh, our priority that we're undertaking this year is this talent issue. Uh, we grew 2% over the last 10 years uh, in Greater Louisville, and that is simply not fast enough when you're looking at communities like Nashville growing at 50% and Raleigh growing at over 30%. So we are hoping, we are planning to have an impact through our liveinloo.com and our liveinloo brand that we, are that we have launched to have a, a more significant impact on the talent that's coming here. It's very specific. We're looking at demographic, uh, demographics between 25 and 34 and 35 and 55. Uh, 35 and 55. That's the same, it's in this, that whole range is important to us, but we want people who are educated and talent and skilled, and that's the demographic that we're going after. We have some messaging that's being developed around the, the sub-demographics within that range. Uh, we do have a lot to offer that town. We have 30,000 open positions, nearly 9,000 of those need college-degreed personnel, and uh, all, everything else we all know about our region with the park system and the arts and uh, the food and the transportation. What a great time to be in Louisville because the transportation is one of our greatest assets now we get to brag about when we talk about recruiting people and companies here. So I could go on and on. I know that uh, Lisa wants to get to question and answer, but thank you so much for having me and I look forward to talking more about some of these ideas. Next, let's hear from Mary Levinsky at Block Party. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, so I'm going to be talking a little bit about my experience in retail and what I predict for, for next year. Um, I have two locations. One is on Frankfurt Avenue and one is downtown, bless you, um, over where a lot of this development is happening. Um, and been there almost four years, and when we first opened is when they first started kind of doing this redevelopment down there. Um, with the convention center being closed, I expect about a 15% drop this year in sales, and um, also um, one of the challenges is competing with all of the online <coughs> ordering. Um, so. Myself and I also partner with a lot of other small business owners. One thing um, that we're all in agreement with is creating new creative experiences to really stay alive and stay competitive with um, people just wanting to order things online. Um, so um, despite expecting um, a drop this year, um, one thing that I'm planning is a lot of creative events um, and things that you can't get online to get people out and um, uh, finding things that you can't order online and that kind of thing. But yeah, the, in general, um, 2016 for a lot of reta small retailers was tough. And um, the one thing now is just realizing what the retail trends are and how you can fight it. Um, 
and I'm expecting after the, after the dip from the convention center being closed um, for sales to increase quite a bit with all the new development. Um, and that's kind of, when I opened down there almost four years ago, I knew that it would take a while, so you kind of, I'm in it for the long haul, because <laughs> I'm, I'm optimistic about downtown Louisville and um, happy to be a part of it. So I think a lot of us all together in that block are all about what can we do this year and a half to get through um, all this construction. There's construction across the street from us, and it's kind of funny, the silver lining is that you can't walk across the street, so in a way we're almost seeing more foot traffic because they have to walk in front of our store. <laughs> and the fence is silver, so it's really a silver lining. Um, so, yeah, you have to stay positive and flexible and um, also supporting each other, kind of created non-formal support groups for um, especially women business owners in about three different groups that we meet once a month and um, you know do this kind of creative brainstorming and how we can partner and support and lift each other up because um, something that makes Louisville really great and unique um, is all of these great entrepreneurs and partnerships and I think we all want each other to, to stay alive. So, um, yeah, so in general, we're expecting another year and a half of a little bit of a struggle and then um, seeing, the, seeing the growth after that. So, thank you. And finally, our last panelist is John Sweeney. timer here so I can stay on track. Appreciate you all having me this morning. Uh, I'm John Sweeney from Hilliard Lyons Investment Banking. I am for the most part an M&A banker, although I also do some capital raising for uh, various promising uh, companies that have growth potential. So uh, I will try and cover a little bit of both of those. I'll start out with just a review of the, the kind of major economic uh, uh, indicators. The CPI, the Consumer Price Index, is, uh, is right about 2.3% right, about right now, uh, inflation rate, which was in, in uh, concert with what the, uh, the Fed had been targeting. Uh, there are, uh, according to uh, uh, Datalink, the ITR management group, uh, they are predicting a, a slight increase in inflation this year, 3.6% uh, uh, on the, on the uh, housing and shelter side, which is going to be driving a lot of, uh, that's why you're seeing a lot of this multi-family uh, apartment construction right now. Uh, on the U.S. producer side, uh, a little bit of, of a lessening uh, uh, increase because of the, the continual fluidity of the commodity markets, but we're seeing a 5% uh, a five, a 5 increase in uh, capital equipment pricing from last year. Uh, I'm sorry, a 0.5% increase, so a slight increase there. And, uh, uh, but capital equipment recovery uh, has, has been, been very nice since about September of 2015. Uh, and that has uh, been somewhat uh, 
increase from, as a result of uh, the, the election. Uh, a lot of my clients, just to sort of give you a, a, an anecdotal viewpoint, have said to me that, you know, they were holding off on doing a lot of deals uh, up till the election. And after the election was over, I started getting calls about, hey, can we start buying and manufacturing again? So I think that bodes well for the, uh, for the immediate area, especially the, the sort of lower Midwest, the Louisville, Indiana, uh, Ohio markets, and, uh, and Detroit as well. Uh, going into the, uh, the M&A markets, just to uh, get my notes together here. Uh, last year was a little bit of a down year, a little bit of a, of a, a, a cool off from 2015, which was our highest year uh, since the t 2007 market, which sort of marked the peak before the Great Recession. Um, we were off about 21% on the uh, private equity side, which is, which is pretty considerable considering that, uh, again, 2015 was a, was a peak year. But again, I think a lot of the activity that was going on was slowing down as a result of the 2016 elections and uncertainty in the market. Uh, we also, the, the other factor that was driving a lot of this uh, uh, non-activity on the buy side was that a lot of the private equity sector was selling. So we had uh, uh, a 46% increase in private equity capital markets sales uh, over last year. And I think it was because, A, uh, valuations were very high. And a lot of the, uh, the cycles from the, the 2007 period that hadn't gotten out were all starting to pile out at this point. Uh, it's, it sort of works. These, these funds generally work on a 10-year sort of period. And they are buying in the first kind of two, two to five years and then selling on the sort of seven to ten year uh, axis, depending on how long they've held, they've held the, uh, the particular asset. So as a result, the major private equity firms have seen uh, a lot of sales in 2016, which means that the, uh, the capital accounts are all building again. The cash accounts are all building. And as a result, we have got uh, a lot of dry powder on the, uh, on the horizon, and we are expecting 2017 to be an increased uh, uptick year, which should, generally, we lag the markets a little bit on the private side, and we've seen about a 20% increase in, uh, in the uh, equity, the, the overall equity capital markets since about September of 2015, and generally, we'll lag that by about six months, so we expect uh, private M&A activity to pick up quite a bit. We've got a similar situation on the public market side. Last year was one of our lower uh, uh, years in the past 10 in uh, public market activity. We only had about 40% uh, of M&A deals done by public companies, which is off by about 50% from the usual. It's usually about 60% of the market. So uh, that is, that's our... Uh, that's driving what we're seeing for 2017. We think that there's, uh, a lot, there's over $500 uh, billion in, uh, in dry powder on the corporate uh, S&P 500 uh, cash side. So we're probably going to see quite a bit of increased uh, acquisitions from that group. And the large private equity capital markets, uh, especially the, the sort of 
250 million and above deals are, are expected to increase. The greatest size, uh, greatest number of deals are done in the 100 million and below market. And that particular market was off by 24% last year. Again, uncertainty. Uh, but we expect that that should rebound. We are already seeing uh, a lot of people coming to us in particular in January saying, we think it's time to pull the trigger now. They feel better about uh, exit multiples and they feel better about, uh, about the overall liquidity of the market. Just a real quick uh, mention of multiples. Overall, M&A multiples last year were uh, at a peak. Uh, they were right around 9.2 times EBITDA, which is earnings before interest taxes, depreciation, amortization, basically a cash flow substitute. Uh, that's extremely high and probably too high for the Louisville market to get excited about because we're always at least about, and not just Louisville, but the, the, it's the size. Uh, 100 million and below is always about uh, a turn and a half, so one and a half times less than uh, than the overall uh, average market's market pricing. So you're probably looking at, on the high end, seven to eight times uh, EBITDA multiples for quality companies uh, with five million plus in EBITDA in, in these markets and in the Midwest. And uh, I will, since I'm over my time, I'll, I'll let it go at that. And if there's any questions later, I'd love to take it. Thank you. Thanks to all of our panelists for, for providing their outlook for 2017. I'd like to turn it over to the audience now. Do we have any questions from the audience? Thank you all for sharing your time. Um, personally, I'm very optimistic with all the projects, especially with the uh, outside investors who are coming to the market and investing with uh, positive Um, so the one part as far as losing employees or anything, um, I think that I, I pretty much focus on a niche and I mean, I don't mean to say this to be really bragging, but people really like working for me <laughs> and I have, um, I don't have any fear of losing them because I think 
people that are interested in the kind of thing I do, handmade, unique, this is like a dream job to them, you know, if they love it. So I'm not afraid about that. And as far as the big projects, um, I want that because right now on our little block, and I guess I'm focusing more on the downtown, um, is I think we need some bigger retailers and, and bigger things to bring other people there because right now we have about five small retailers and we, we kind of have some overlap. So I would like some large retailers downtown to help with the mix. Um, a lot of the feedback of people that come downtown, at least half of our, our business is visitors. And um, a lot of them ask, you know, is there a Macy's down here? Is there, you know, I just need a sport jacket or something. Um, and being the small one is, you know, being the small business used to, you know, I'm used to having the news on you know, larger corporations if they bring in all this, you know, business, but we kind of want their their extra people. So the mom's daughter who doesn't like Macy's but who wants something with a cuss word on it or you know <laughs> their their cousin who loves pugs, like I don't focus on the mainstream, so I kind of need just more people in general. So um yeah, so but, and as far as staying optimistic, the things, you know, we're really thinking outside the box. Like last month, we had a morning dance party that was very successful and things like that. So, yeah, as the big projects come in, for me, all that will do is help our little guys. And, Yerk, you had something? I just wanted to add something you know, in terms of the labor force for Louisville Metro. So, if you look at uh, the labor force uh, in 2015, Louisville, it was about the, the same size as 2012. <coughs> really, there was not a significant increase in the labor force in over three years. Uh, but since that time, there's been a rapid acceleration of the labor force as well as the employment. But that employment line is getting very close to the labor force line, right? Which means for employers, it's getting more and more difficult to find employees. And um, we will not be able to grow the jobs at River Ridge uh, if we can't find the employees, which is why, of course, the, the bridges are so important, but also why talent attraction is so important for the region. We've got to attract, we've got to attract uh, a higher population to support the job growth that, that we're expecting. Um, I like to say that you, know, you, you can't create a, a job unless you have someone to fill it, right? Uh, so, um, but yeah, it's a very tight labor market right now, and I think employers would probably tell you that too. I'm going to concur with Yurik. That's exactly what we're hearing from our industrial users primarily. Uh, there's a lot of competition and a lot of jobs in that level. The package handlers, you know, unfortunately, a lot of our growth, if you think about it, are, are requiring workers at that level. We're not bringing in a headquarters that's looking for high-level accounting and finance folks. We're bringing in operation centers in the office market. There is a lot of demand for those workers. And if you recall, when UPS was making the decision about expanding here and doing their hub, they went to the, to the extent of creating this metroversity where they're partnering with the university and other schools to give free college to kids or, or employees of any age to come to Louisville and work very difficult hours, but they're getting a great opportunity if they're coming from an area where they don't have the wherewithal to put themselves through college. So those are pretty extreme measures to just find workers. 
and uh, that's many years ago. I think we're really back in that same spot right now, and uh, it's it's a challenge. And it's, some of these jobs aren't jobs you're going to pick your family up and move from somewhere else to come work uh, in a distribution center. So it's competitive, and it could be it could put a little bit of a ceiling on our growth. Um, so I think our focus, which I know is DINAs and GLIs, it's, it's the higher caliber jobs. And we brought in some good ones last year with uh, Hogan Lovells, a big finance hub for a global law firm. And, and the headquarters is really the, that's the magic word. If you can get those in there, that's the, the top payroll from the company and the, the decision making for philanthropy. And those, that's where it really triggers uh, all the good things to happen. But, You've hit on a, on a good topic. Dina, did you have some perspective? I just have a just really quick comment. I would concur everything that uh, David said, and I think companies are getting more creative about how to retain their workforce and recruit their workforce, uh, especially with some of the happenings in Bullock County, and that's where a lot of the distribution jobs are. So you find companies doing more shuttles uh, out of different parts of our region to get the workforce in there and get them home in a reasonable time. Uh, so that we're not just, the companies don't want to just be stealing from one another because that's not productive. And then just, I, I want to hit the point that complements what we're saying, and that is uh, the state, our incentives in this community are state incentives. So there are not incentives at the local level, they're at the state level. And there are certain requirements that a company has to meet and certain obligations a company has to meet in order to be eligible to get the incentives and then to actually get the incentives. They have to perform at, at what their expectations are. So our, um, our state is, has upped its game a little bit. Our city has upped its game where we used to be a community that incented eight, ten dollar an hour jobs. It was about the number of jobs you were bringing in. And, you know, if you were brought in that number of jobs, it didn't matter what the rate was. Uh, we have seen that shift in the last three to five years. Uh, Mayor Fisher has uh, uh, put a little higher bar on the companies that Louisville will support for incentives. They have to be paying closer to that $40,000, that median wage mark, which I think sets the bar higher for all of us. It makes us perform at a higher level. On, on our end, as we recruit, it makes us want to go after the companies that are in that, that uh, type of industry that are paying a little bit higher. So um, I just wanted to point out your comment about incentives too, Chuck. Do we have any other questions from the audience? I think that's certainly one of the factors, Patrick. The, the Nashville story is, is really an inter interesting case study. It's one that's been building over a lot of years, so it's not like the switch just got flipped on. I think the accelerator's been pressed here in the last uh, five to 10 years, certainly, from what, what it was before. When I first got in this business back in the late 80s, Nashville really wasn't viewed a whole lot differently than Louisville in terms of the size of the market and the economic vitality. and In fact, STM, a local developer, went down there and had a big project, and that was the project that failed that caused STM to go down the tubes, a Nashville project. <coughs> so, 
know, that's hard to comprehend today when you think that everything that goes on down there is, is just a huge success. <laughs> right. I do think that, uh, you know, the fact that it's the state capital is a plus. You have a lot of concentration and focus on making sure that it's a success. They've had some very progressive leadership. I mean, how many cities uh, went out and lured an NFL team from nowhere and, and uh, built a stadium and you know, built statewide support to do it instead of just uh, one city, uh, bringing Major League Hockey there. I mean, they've been very forward thinking and willing to take some risks. Uh, the fact that there's no state income tax is a huge deal when a company's looking at where do you move your headquarters, Nissan's down there now, Bridgestone, that's a huge piece of the puzzle. And uh, you know, historically, we've not been able to stack up against those, those kinds of factors. And then the talent attraction, the, the country music industry has gone from being sort of a honky-tonk country and western crowd to now it's pop music, basically. And it, these guys are on mainstream primetime television and they're household names. So there's a star power, a Hollywood kind of factor to Nashville. And there's a lot of other music types and genres that are now hubbing out of Nashville. So, you know, they've built on some of their strengths over time and now it's just starting to snowball and it feels like it's an Austin, Texas story being repeated. And, uh, and the, the young, Young people looking for somewhere to go, they want to go where the action is. And Austin and Nashville are, are very uh, exciting places right now. Now, Nashville may become the next Atlanta because there's zero uh, mass transit. And it's becoming a clog for all of us trying to get to Destin or wherever we're trying to cut <laughs> through 65. That's all we know about Nashville is it's crowded. So that could start to temper some of the... Uh, excitement around it, but it's incredible. If you go look at the, their version of the Project Watch, which Louisville Business First has, it's unbelievable what's happening down there. I mean, it's really mind-blowing. So they're attracting talent as opposed to growing it through the yes. universities, because I don't think they have like the universities we have here, but their public school system, I don't know much about it, but I guess it would be fun. I don't either. I don't know a whole lot about it either, to tell you the truth. But I can Nashville has gotten very progressive in their public school system as well. Uh, next year, JCPS will launch a new talent development academy model at the high school level, which is a project-based learning system uh, focused on industries for our community. It's focused on our industry clusters of you know, technology and healthcare and advanced manufacturing and others, construction. Um, and that is modeled after the Nashville. So we are once again looking at Nashville, modeling something that they're doing right. They have seen their graduation levels soar as a result of their Talent Development Academy model. You just have to uh, listen to the highway, Channel 56 on Sirius uh, Radio uh, on a Friday afternoon and all the people going to Nashville for the weekend, right? So it, it's, it's become a destination. And oftentimes where people enjoy visiting, they also like to live maybe. And uh, I mean, it's amazing what they've done. And, and, and the music scene is a big, you know, big piece of that. Um, so. Told this to a lot of my friends, cocktail party chit chat. We can't compare ourselves to Nashville. We just happen to be close to it, and that's really a, it's it's our detriment that we are because we all we get a complex that we don't have anything going on because we're sitting next to the hottest city in the country, and that's really not a fair 
comparison for us because of all those factors that we talked about. Now, that doesn't mean we shouldn't look at it, study it, learn from it, as Dean is doing, but if you look at Louisville, based on what we've done historically, which I think this, you know, you've got to compare to your peers, but you also have to compare to your past, and I think we are on a significant trajectory, and the mayor's been preaching it, and it's real, and those that, that aren't frequenting downtown as much, although I think having the Yum Center down there has brought everybody downtown where there used to be 20 years ago. I'd have friends that never went downtown. So I think that has changed the perception and the dynamic, and I think we need to embrace what's happening and be positive messengers to the rest of the world about Louisville's on a roll. And it's a lot of times we have a, have a chip on our shoulder and a, an inferiority complex, and we shouldn't because things are good. So on that note, I also just quickly have to say at the end of the event last night at our annual meeting, we were huddling a little bit, uh, the staff and a couple of our members. We had Nashville Chamber members that came to our event last night to see how we do events and what's going on in our community. Hey, we didn't great. know that, so <laughs> we're rock stars to them. Right. Or, it's great. Not, you know, so. <laughs> Well, I'd, I'd like to just wrap up with our panel and have <clears throat> excuse me, everyone go down the line and give us one bold prediction for Louisville this year, whether it's something you think will happen or it's something that you hope will happen. Eric, you want to start? Our reporters are taking notes. That's right. <laughs> I would say that we're going to land a uh, major employer of, of some type. David? I hope we announce a new soccer stadium. Yeah. I have to say both those things. Uh, and then uh, I hope we see an influx of young, talented people come in this year. Um, I hope they figure out a good plan for a grocery store downtown. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll probably see a Final Four for the Louisville Cardinals and uh, a World Series for the baseball team. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you all. So there you have our Access Louisville panel's hot takes on business in 2017. What did you think? Should we stop comparing ourselves to Nashville? What kinds of problems are you having with talent attraction? Are we going to get a soccer stadium going this year? Send me an email at lisabenson at bizjournals.com and let me know what you think on these topics and how 2017 is shaping up for you. And please join us for our next Access Louisville event in May, focusing on angel investors and startups. And join us again for another episode of The Kicker. Thanks for listening.